0: Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. Today's episode is a Bible study, continuing this series on stories of Bethany. I'm happy to announce Pastor Gary is helping out with this one. He's prepared a Bible study looking at the story of Mary and Martha. Uh, this took place at Bethany and offer some really interesting insights into what it might mean to be a church called Bethany Lutheran Church. Of course, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not a Bethany member, that's okay too. I think you'll still find the insights and the examination of the text valuable and uplifting. Um, and for those Bethany members, hopefully it gives a, a little added element of excitement and interest as we continue in this series of Bethany stories. Pastor Gary will also be back next week with another Bethany story Bible study as we close out this four-part series. I hope you enjoy it. As always, thanks for listening. Um, Please like and subscribe on iTunes. That's always helpful. Tell your friends and tell your family that this is a great way uh, that you continue in your journey of faith throughout the week between Sundays. All right, here we go. Pastor Gary's Bible study on the story of Mary and Martha.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Gary Sandberg, coming to you from Bethany Lutheran Church in Denver, Colorado. As Pastor Nate has started us out the last couple of weeks looking at stories that took place at the village of Bethany in Scripture, we're now again turning our attention to those stories, as we learn a little bit about these stories and this important place in Scripture, and also then how that reflects on Bethany Lutheran Church, our namesake. What does that mean for us as we move forward together in ministry? Today I'll be looking at the story of Martha and Mary, as Jesus has been traveling, and happens into this little village, and Martha welcomes Jesus into her home, which she shares with her sister Mary. Interestingly, Luke does not tell us that this takes place in the village of Bethany. He simply says, as Jesus went on his way with his disciples, he entered a certain village. So Luke might have already known that people would understand where Mary and Martha lived, and maybe he didn't want to give anything away to his writers at that point, but knowing that the people who would be reading this would understand where all of this took place. So what I'm going to do is read this short passage for us. It's a little bit briefer than the first two Bethany studies that Pastor Nate led us through. I'll read through the whole thing, and then we'll go through it a little bit by little bit. So we're reading from Luke chapter 10, and we pick up at verse 38. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, Do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things, and there is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. So as we see this passage, in many classical ways, we talk about, should we be a Mary or a Martha? And the answer inevitably comes around to the simple answer of yes. We should be Mary and yes, we should be Martha. Without that, nothing would actually ever happen. We can't sit at Jesus' feet constantly, nor can we be constantly at work without paying attention to our own spiritual health. And at that point, you could simply say, Okay, good enough. It seems to be that was the point of it all. But I think Luke is up to something more here. And maybe even before our gospel writers would have understood this, they simply captured things, aspects of Jesus' ministry, that might have been even beyond their complete understanding, but which they knew was really important along the way. And I think some of that is happening in this passage. We should also look at where Luke nestles this little portion of Jesus' visit at Bethany. It comes right after the parable of the Good Samaritan. Now we know in that parable that Jesus uses three people the um, the, the Levite the priest, and then the Samaritan and kind of really turns things upside down by mentioning that it's a Samaritan who would be the one who showed mercy, the one who really acted like a true neighbor. And so maybe Luke, as all of this is playing out, says, well, as long as we have people who are going to be reading this already thinking, already kind of turned on their side, if not completely upside down, Let's also give a little talk about Martha and Mary. So it starts out just as you would expect. Jesus and his disciples went on their way and he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. It sounds simple enough, innocent enough as that would be, Although maybe a little bit odd in that you would have two sisters welcoming a man into their home, not necessarily related to them. Now we learned from John that the Lazarus was also a brother of the two. Could be that he was around and simply not mentioned. If it was simply two women inviting a man into their house, that would be strange. We might assume that there were other people around as well. The story goes on, that Martha had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. Now things get interesting. Again, for us, we're so used to realizing that boys and girls, men and women join in education classes together all the time to sit and listen to a speaker has very little impact on our, what we might say, modern ears. We might not catch the near scandal that is happening here. Now, it's not just that Mary is choosing to spend time with Jesus and to listen to him, but Luke was very specific that Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. As Jesus traveled, he was considered a Jewish rabbi. And as you travel, one of the aspects of being a Jewish rabbi is that you teach the next generation of would-be rabbis. And so as Jesus is teaching, if you intended to be a disciple, that is, you intended to be somebody who would put yourself in service to God as a rabbi, what you would do is sit at another rabbi's feet. That's where you would go to be considered a disciple on the path, on on a rabbinic path yourself. Now, who would do that in Jesus' day? Very clearly, men would do that, and very clearly, women would not so just as we came off the parable of the Good Samaritan and people's sense of how things line up and what they can expect is thrown off kilter, now it would be here as well. And that might play into this next verse that we hear. As Martha sees Mary sitting at Jesus' feet, the next thing we hear But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And I wonder if that she was distracted because she couldn't wrap her mind around what was happening here. She couldn't understand what it was that Mary was doing. So many people have said she's simply upset with her sister for not helping But maybe she's upset with her sister for breaking all of the social norms that were a part of that day. Not just the social norm of hospitality, which she might have expected from her sister, but completely distracted by the fact that Mary is putting herself in an elevated position for a woman at that time. And so Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and so what she does, she comes and says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. And what we might be hearing there is, Jesus, don't you realize all of the social norms are being broken right now? Can't you help to get them reestablished? Mary needs some instruction here. It will, one, help me with my many tasks, but also help me not be so distracted by seeing all of this happen in my home and wondering maybe even what would the repercussions of all of that be for herself. And so now, all the more striking at verse 41 where we read, But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried. And distracted by many things. Of course she is. Of course she's worried and distracted, worried about what might people say about her and Mary and who do they think they are putting themselves at Jesus' feet, thinking that they could potentially actually live up to what it would mean to to be a rabbi, a, a woman in that day and age? Certainly not. And then she was distracted by many things. Of course she would be distracted by many things, but Jesus is trying to let her know that there's a a different possibility out there, a, a different way forward. And so as Martha continues to wonder what all of this would mean Jesus goes on in this conversation after saying, You're worried and distracted by many things, he says, There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Will not be taken away from her. That's interesting. If Mary had somehow said, Jesus, I want to be a rabbi someday. It seems as if Jesus was saying, I think we can make that happen. Think back in the Lutheran church some 50 years or so ago, probably actually going back 75 years or so, where a young girl would have said, can't I be a pastor? And the answer was simply no, you cannot. Why not? Because only men are pastors. And then a few years later, some other women, can't I also be a pastor? No, you can't. And finally one day, a woman asked, can't I be a pastor? And people said, yes. Yes, you can. You have chosen something that's beyond the social norms. And what we're saying is that your life of service to the church can be meaningful in a way that unfortunately, generations and generations before you could not have experienced, but that experience can be new for us this day and in this time. And so, Bethany then, this town, which Luke does not name, but we know from the Gospel writer John that Mary and Martha lived in the town of Bethany. But Bethany becomes a place where you can experience a new opportunity, where social norms do not bind us anymore, where we can find a way to not be distracted by keeping everything in order, but instead choose what we believe is our path forward in service to the church. And maybe that's an important aspect, in service to the church. For we would certainly not look at every woman now and say, all of you must be pastors, nor would we have ever done that with every man and said, all of you must be pastors. We might have looked at all and say, you all have a place in service to God's kingdom. Some will serve as pastors Some will serve as deacons. Some will serve as restaurant owners. Some will serve as waiters or waitresses. Some will serve as engineers and builders and astronauts. All of those are possible ways that we unveil the wonder of God to the world. And they're open to all. Now, as we go forward, we realize there are constantly going to be distractions to us, to our world, to the social norms that we still hold. And I might say, I don't even know what those are going to be in the next 30 years. We could look at this story and say, well, of course. Mary sitting at Jesus' feet, okay, a woman, we get it. And that sounds so simple to us, but this was so groundbreaking for the people in Jesus' day. We." we have to realize that that dynamic of Luke setting this up after a Samaritan becomes the neighbor and now a woman could possibly consider herself to be a rabbinic student all of these things are opening up new possibilities breaking down social norms in a way that people might not have ever anticipated and the distractions that come with that can be great. And the church today is, is not immune from them. Think about the distractions that we've already endured in the church. Distractions about homogeneous neighborhoods, of having a person of color move in, and then maybe wander into a church building where people are all of, of, of one color or even ethnic background, and things get shaken up. And then a church which would have been asked if a a biracial couple could get married in that church. And, oh my goodness, the distractions that that put on people's path. And then when that same family would come back and want the child baptized, uh, we have to look back and realize that these were very, very big distractions upon the church that we we might simply pass off as, ah, we didn't know enough then and, and we weren't as enlightened or as informed as we are today. But realizing the power of those moments and what it took for people to put themselves in understanding what it is that God would want them to do moving forward. We moved on to new distractions after some of those when we started understanding new ideas of what it meant uh, for a gay or lesbian person to be Okay in God's sight, and then potentially actually serve the church as a pastor, even though they're in a committed same gender relationship. And all of the ways that that, that brought distractions to the the church, to us actually simply hearing the word of God, these became distractions that we had to overcome. And now uh, we move forward and we hear about transgendered people and we thought we were just getting a handle on uh, human sexuality and now it seems like new things are heading our way and they're adding new distractions to people's lives. And what Jesus continues to say to us is we are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. There is need to only sit at Jesus' feet, to hear words of radical inclusion that come into our lives through all of this, to be able to put what we might have once considered societal norms aside so that the love of the gospel can enter in, to realize that when we sit in a congregation and we see people that may not look like us that 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 might have not have backgrounds like us that we look and we realize what we're doing is seeing the very face of christ sitting across from us and jesus constantly saying to them as jesus says to us there is need of only one thing the radical love of jesus christ as it breaks into the world for all people This is what it means to be Bethany. It means to have your mind opened up to new possibilities of God's love. It means to find a new focus, one that constantly brings us back to the radical inclusion of Jesus Christ. And then when we have that, then to know that that the hard work that we do will be celebrated. The way that we, that we enter into a world and bring ministry to life will be celebrated by all people. And now even here at Bethany, we're realizing that, that uh, a few years ago, we would have even said, well, this happens when we all sit in the sanctuary. We, we all gather on a plot of land on a church campus to make all this happen. And now we're starting even to realize that this happens to people who are fully engaged in the ministry at Bethany Lutheran Church, but don't live in the Denver metro area, but are as much a part of the ministry here as the person who lives right across the street. And we have this new way of including them in the life and ministry of the gospel and allowing them to work in ways that is fruitful for their lives as well. And so what we realize is our focus is on the value that Jesus sees in somebody else. And when we value that person that same way, well then, the better part of who we are as the people of God shines forth. And all of, the stra- all of the distractions, everything that would try to take us away from that, Jesus would say, put those aside. If there is one norm that we should be experiencing, it is the radical, inclusive love of Jesus Christ. When we celebrate that at Bethany again, it is never going to be contained to a campus located in a suburb of Denver, Colorado, but it is going to be celebrated everywhere. As you live out the story of Mary and Martha in your own life, find those places where you can serve the church to your full capacity and realize that what and whom Jesus calls the church, might be bigger than we ever imagined. Well, may these stories of Bethany continue to be a blessing to you. We'll continue on the next podcast as we look at the wonderful story of Jesus' ascension.